Now, assuming that we have extended an offer to a candidate, they've accepted the offer, we have to engage in the planning call. The planning call will occur anywhere from a week to two weeks after you have signed the non-disclosure agreement. It doesn't have anything to do with the payment of the program. Um, we we can start it before you know any payment has been made. It's it's completely independent. As long as you've signed the non-disclosure agreement, we are good to go. Now, the planning call is, I think, where many candidates mess up their preparation, which is why I've put in quite a lot of detail. At least I've asked for a lot of detail to be put onto the website explaining how the planning call works because. A lot of clients come back to me and say, hey, Michael, you didn't mention this to me and so on. But we did mention it. I just feel that candidates don't take enough time to understand some of these important points, right? So now the planning call starts off with usually me having all the file on the candidate, assuming I'm the coach, the candidate or whoever the coach is, having all of that detailed information we've collected on the client through the screening, the interviews, the decision letters. The point is we know a lot about the candidate before we can even start the planning call. I think that's the unique advantage of the way we operate. We're not taking in people that just transacted something online and want coaching. We don't want that. We want people that have been vetted, checked. We know what their skills are. We know what their weaknesses are. So the time comes to teach them. We don't have to worry about setting that context and understanding the basis of their skills because we've done all of that, right? Now, most candidates are going to be working with us for about six months or more. Some people, three years. Some people, two years. Some people, one and a half years. Most people, six to nine months, right? The planning call explains the sequence of how things are going to work. We must start with rewriting your resume. There are very few opportunities, there are very few clients who don't have their resumes rewritten with us. I would say usually clients who have already received an interview invite and they want us to prep them, so we'll make a decision not to rewrite their resume. Or is there any other reason? Probably not. I think that's the only reason why we wouldn't rewrite their resume. Now, there's a couple of reasons why we start with the rewriting of the resume. One, no one really knows how to write a resume and it's usually done horribly. So we have to rewrite their resume to give them the best opportunity they can have. But there's some other more nuanced logic reasons, which I'll get to in a minute. The other reason we write the resume first is that it gives the chance for the coach to learn more about the client. By the process of rewriting the resume, I go through or we go through every single word on that resume at least seven times sometimes more. Now, every time a client says something, I'll ask them, what do you mean by this? What did you say by this? What did you actually do? Now, it does two things for me. As a coach, I can see how the person thinks through things about their life, right? I can see how they prioritize things. I can see what they thought was important in their life five years ago, what was important two years ago, what was important one year. Why did they leave out this bullet about this accomplishment and put in this bullet? Why did they prioritize the fact that they built a decision methodology in their bullet versus telling me exactly what the methodology was for. All those things, countless little decisions they make, I am listening to everything and I'm questioning them, grilling them about it, right? So I get to learn about the candidate even more. But there's another more important reason here. When it comes down to giving them advice on fit, by the process of analyzing their resume, 
I can help them with their foot questions because I know their life as well as they know their life. When it comes down to writing their cover letter, I can critique it very carefully because I'm not just somebody who's reading the cover letter. I'm someone who knows their resume as well as they do. So those are the two important reasons for starting with the resume. And getting me to know the candidate and because I get to know the candidate I can structure the training program to fit their weaknesses and accentuate their strengths but also helps me to help them with the fit and coverlet and so on much later. Also, you know, if I know they're going to be weak in a certain area, I know how to emphasize certain things and de-emphasize certain things. So it's a very important part, right? So we start with the resume. Now, for a lot of candidates who don't have these great backgrounds, we have to start with a resume because they're going to be requiring networking. Now, to network, people must want to talk to you. So we start with a resume because the resume content then just goes into your LinkedIn profile so that when you use LinkedIn to connect with people, they, they go back and look at your LinkedIn profile. And because your LinkedIn profile is built on what's in your resume, they like what they see on LinkedIn and they agree to speak to you. So because we use a heavy networking strategy to get interviews, the resume is fundamental to that approach. Because without a good resume, you don't have a good LinkedIn profile. Without a good LinkedIn profile, you don't get people to want to speak to you. And without people speaking to you, you have a very diminished odds of getting an interview, right? Now, that's very important for people to understand. The other thing people need to understand is that we can only start your case training once we finished your resume and started your networking, your networking is going well because we don't know how long your networking is going to take. If you are poor at networking, it's going to take us six months to get traction. If you are good, it's going to take us two to three months. Now, people always think, and this is important, people erroneously think networking is just writing to a McKinsey person, asking for coffee and they've networked. That's not networking. That's a very, very, very bad coffee discussion. Networking is a process of getting someone to like you and wanting them to help you by you not asking for anything, right? It's like seducing them to help you. It's like dating, you know, without telling them, please, let's just take off our clothing and jump into bed, right? It's nothing like that. It's about wanting people to help you. Now, it takes time to learn how to network. The 99% of people, and I tell them we're going to network, they immediately think, okay, we're going to have three discussions, and then let's start the cases after that. And I tell them, but hold on a second. How do you know how long networking is going to take? For all you know, you can have three discussions, and it will go so badly that you actually hurt your chances of getting an interview at that firm. Then we have to network even harder to make up for that. So for, for most candidates, the timing is built around how long it takes us to do the resume, if it takes us two months to do the resume and you're slow, it's going to take us a long time to get to networking. How long to update LinkedIn? How long to start networking? How long to get results on networking? And there's no timeline there, right? We have had candidates, MBAs, start with us, but I don't feel things are going well. And I'll tell them, look, I really think you shouldn't apply now. Join a bank and we'll reapply in six months. But if you go now, you're going to kill your chances. So even if you're in cycle, I encourage people to not push and aim to do everything at that point in time, right? If you apply when you are not ready and, the, and you haven't built a good coalition to sort of draw you in and support you, you're not going to do well. You're not going to get the offer and you may not even get the interview in the first place. So the, uh, it's about setting this expectation that the timeline is built upon how fast they go with the resume, how fast they go with LinkedIn, how fast they go with networking. And to be honest, 
we don't know how fast it's going to go, right? Now, obviously, if you're an in-cycle person and you're applying with an MBA program, we'll encourage you to start with us a few months before you're meant to apply. But if you don't have that luxury and you have a zero chance of getting an interview based on your resume, then you know that networking is not something that can be done in two weeks. It takes time. You need to be prepared for that. That's the first major expectation we need to set with them. The other one is the trade-offs involved. Yeah, that's the second major expectation, and you must understand this. Let me give you an example of this of this trade-off. Let's assume that we do the first session dedicated to estimations and you don't understand it, right? Now, as your coach, I've got to think, do we dedicate the second session and second hour to estimations? Or do we just expect you to watch the videos and do some estimation in each of the following sessions, but not a whole hour dedicated to it. Now, this is a trade-off we have to make. If we decide to dedicate a whole another hour to estimations, that means we have one hour less in your 12 hours to focus on other things. Some clients don't like it when we move to brainstorming, which comes after estimation. Session one is estimation, session two is brainstorming, generally. It does change for every client, but let's assume that's the model for you. They think we are pushing them, but what they don't understand is that we have to get through certain core material. Now, if we follow their approach of saying, okay, you struggled with estimation, let's do estimation again, that means they have less hours to do other difficult things. Now, what we want to understand is what does the client prefer? We will always tell you what we think is right. And our philosophy is that if you're struggling to understand estimation, you need two hours to understand estimation. Even though you watch the videos, you have a learning problem. If you have a learning problem, go and fix the learning problem before you do session two. Because if you don't fix your learning problem, you're just going to be taking very long to study everything. And you're going to run out of time. But that's the trade-off we are constantly making. Do we spend a lot of time to teach you one thing? Or do we spend enough time to teach you one thing and expect that you will fix learning disabilities by your own and by watching the videos? Because you have a lot of videos to watch, right? Very important trade-off. So that's two. Big expectation. The third one is that a lot of clients forget that a lot of the stuff we do on resume writing, cover letters, timelines, updating LinkedIn, helping them with networking... A lot of clients, when they're doing networking, they'll give me real-time updates over, you know, uh, messenger systems and so on, you know, helping them develop office strategies, picking clothing and so on. That's discretionary time that we, because we care about you, have decided to invest in you. But it is not time that's available so that, you know, I do make it clear to clients that sometimes I'm not going to be able to talk to you, but I'm going to try to do it. So don't get upset if we don't have time to allocate, to check your resume twice a week or three times a week. We are making the time available to you, but it's outside the 12 hours. Now, there is no client of firms consulting that can ever say that we don't go above and beyond. We always go above and beyond. But it is at our discretion how much we're going to go above and beyond. And I'll make this very clear. There are some clients who are just not efficient. They are just wasting our time. And if we just give them more time, it's just going to make the situation worse. So you ask a client, do they want more time? They always say yes. But we make the judgment call at the end of the day. And if we think that the extra time is not helping you, then we'll stick to the 12 hours. But if we think it's helping you, we'll go above and beyond the 12 hours. But all of that we do on resumes, LinkedIn's, cover letters, networking, that's discretionary time. You are only paying for the 12 hours, right? And the 12 hours only covers case training, 
and probably one or two sessions of you know uh, PEI or fit questions. Everything else that we do is above and beyond. And if we don't have time to do it, we can't be held liable for that because that's not what we are signing up for. And I think clients need to understand this because because we are so generous with our time, a lot of clients think that the resume writing time, the networking time and so on is things that they have, they're entitled to. You're not, you're not entitled to that. That is just something that Firms Consulting does so much of us as an organization that clients have begun to expect it and you shouldn't expect it. It is completely discretionary. Now we also you know, indicate that you have an online storage system. We try to record the bulk of sessions, but sometimes due to technical difficulties, we don't do that. We also store the sessions for you at our own cost. We post notes, we post comments, and so on, right? It's private. No one else will ever see that recording. And even if you allowed us to, to make it available to other clients, we won't make it available if your private information is there, right? We won't do that. Now, the 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 other important point to be made here, which is the fourth one, is that the case video library consists of about 90 hand-solved cases. The consulting offer, that mega project we did for the Harvard clients, the most comprehensive training program ever assembled anywhere, I think. We strongly encourage clients to sign up for this, but they don't have to. They can simply allow us to train them in the session. Now, my advice is if you don't sign up for it, those sessions are going to be very difficult because you're not going to understand some of the material. Let's put it this way, Eli. It's like any training material. If you watch some of the core material before the lecture, the lecture goes very well, where the lecture can focus on teaching you how to apply it. It's the same thing here. If you subscribe to the case video library and you subscribe to the consulting offer, you can practice a lot of the material before the session so we can focus on teaching you even more advanced material in the session. If you don't sign up, that's fine. But what that means is that we can't really cover that much on practicing. We'd have to teach you the stuff, but we will run out of time. So it, my advice is sign up for these things. Use them to prepare for the sessions because they follow the same format you're going to follow roughly. Even if they don't follow the same format, you can, you can arrange them in your own way by discussing it with us. And then in the session, we can focus on moving your knowledge to the next level. Now, that's the planning call. We talk you through all these things, but... Because you have access to this podcast, we're not going to be talking you through these things because we expect you to listen to this podcast and know what's going to come, right?